when we are importing people coming from the third war third world we are importing conflicts and that's happening in our country in big cities in toronto that you know they're importing their internal uh, conflicts from their uh, first country from their country of origin and they're not part of the country they they won't integrate in our country because when they're coming here we are telling them you can you know don't embrace our culture don't be part of our society you can live in a ghetto because you know we believe in multiculturalism and you are bringing something uh, positive to the country no we need to be able to have an interview like we did a couple of years ago we had interviews with everyone who wanted to come to our country and like you just said they must share our canadian values they must understand that everybody is equal before the law men and women here in canada that we we are a country that is created <laughs> under the supremacy of God. That's important. You said it also. And we have a charter of rights. We need to have a discussion with each one of one. And if they don't agree with that, you know, it's a privilege and it must be a privilege to be Canadian. It's not the case anymore. That open border mass immigration policy, it's killing our country. And that's why it's not only about the economy anymore yes the economy is important but more than that it's our culture and, and and our country and and we are fighting for western civilization values and we must be proud of that we must fight and i believe that people uh, have two choices if they want to keep this country they have two cho choices they can be silent uh, and politically correct and do nothing or you know they can fight for their values and being sure that we'll have the country that we want, that we loved, and bringing these changes here in Canada. And I'm very pleased that people are ready and more and more people are coming to fight for the country, to fight for our kids. It's always such an honor to have our next guest, Maxime Bernier, join us on the Empower Hour. As leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime firmly believes in the four founding principles of the PPC, freedom, responsibility, fairness, and respect. Maxime is a dependable politician who isn't afraid of speaking out for truth, and he has a heart for ordinary Canadian citizens who feel their legitimate concerns are disregarded by elected politicians and their parties. Maxime is dedicated to making Canada a place where citizens can thrive and achieve their dreams, and he envisions a bright future where the government puts the needs of Canadians first, instead of trying to please other countries, global organizations, or global agendas. Maxime continues to be a voice of reason as he courageously speaks out about issues that are undermining our country, and we are so grateful that he's able to join us today. Will you all please help me welcome the leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime Bernier. Hello. Hi, Maxime. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. All right. So good. Sorry for the bit of a delay to get you on it. Uh... It ended up taking a little longer for the weekly update, but there's just so much information to cover <laughs> nowadays. I think I could have a show almost every single day going, but I got other work to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, right, but well, what, what, what you're doing, Tanya, it's, it's great. We, we need your organization, you and your people being out there and fighting for our values, common sense, 
and empowering people, telling people that, you know, stand up and speak out about your values. And if you do that, like I always said, we will win that battle of ideas and do that freedom and common sense revolution in our country. Absolutely, Maxime. And I was just really looking forward to having you on the show tonight because uh, that's what you're all about as well. I always felt like previously Action for Canada and our members were those ones sort of forging through the tall grass and, you know, coming up against the enemy and speaking the unspeakable, right? Those taboo topics. And there was no other party that was willing to do so. And I'm sorry to say it, but that included the Conservative parties because for many years I was pursuing the Conservatives to talk on some of the issues even that I went through with the weekly update, mass immigration, the borders, Islam, the LGBTQ, uh, radical sex activists, etc. And then all of a sudden, you jumped on the scene when you jumped out of the Conservative Party. And it was just like you had this massive wake up call, you couldn't, uh, you know, with your own conscience anymore, stay within the party, you needed a voice and you needed to speak the truth. And uh, that's what you've been doing ever since what was that 2018? Yeah, 2018. And, uh, you know, we said we want to do politics differently with values and conviction and with always the same platform, the same ideas and speaking about what we believe. And without looking at the polls or the focus group, you know, we believe like you that we have a strong ideas, a strong vision for this country. We just have to be out there and speak about that. And our goal was to give to Canadians a real alternative because they have these mainstream uh, political parties, the Conservative, the Liberal, the Bloc Québécois, the Green. They're all the same on the most important issues and they're doing politics uh, like looking at the polls and telling people what they want to hear. But the challenge with that these days is because we are living in a socialist era and because of the uh, propaganda coming from government, Canadians is and the government if they don't have that information that you are giving every week and and us as a PPC and other freedom fighters uh, they you know it's easy to look at the narrative and follow that narrative but we are asking them to do an effort and look at the the reality based on facts, and that's what you're doing. Yeah, and I so appreciate that because uh, when you're working on this side of it and wanting an advocate or an ally in a position within the government, it, it just makes our job harder. We have been committed to lobbying government and helping to change the political tra- trajectory, the conversation in politics as we press in. I always give that analogy. My uncle, uh, my favorite uncle Ed always said, the squeaky wheel gets the attention. And, you know, it was those minorities groups, whether it was the Islamists or whether it was the LGBTQ groups who were lobbying government, uh, taking on these positions of victimization to advance their positions. And I think what a pathetic way to advance <laughs> your, your, your strategy, right? I, I, wouldn't you want to have it based on something of integral and, 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 and something strategic that uh, would help Canadians? You always know I feel like that it's something underhanded and sneaky 
when you have to uh, come to those means in order to win your argument. But they were doing that and they did it successfully because the majority of Canadians didn't know what was going on. And now I say we're yeah. the majority. And man, if we all get squeaky together, we're going to accomplish amazing things. And I believe we are. And now we've got an advocate. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for you and your voice. And the one thing I wanted to say that I have noticed since I first met you in the fall of 2018 and then came in March of 2019 to Ottawa to meet with you personally is this uh, evolving of those ideas that you now have just embraced so personally. I can see that you're very passionate about the issues that you have taken on as a party. Yes, you're right about that, you know, because, Tanya, when I decided to jump into politics in 2006, I was working in the financial sector at that time in Montreal for 19 years. And I had a dinner with Stephen Harper and we were speaking about politics. And uh, for me, it was all about the economy, all about a smaller government, lower taxes, less regulation, more economic freedom. That was why I decided to to jump into politics and and I was industry minister. I did a deregulation. So I didn't speak at that time about immigration in 2006, 2000. I didn't speak about radical gender ideology. But, you know, after a couple of years in 2017, 2018, during the leadership contest for the Conservative Party of Canada, that I didn't win with 49% of the vote. That was, I spoke about immigration. That was part of my campaign. I knew something bad it was happening in our country. And when uh, Andrew Scheer, he was a leader at that time in 2018, told me that, Maxime, we won't speak about immigration. We won't, we won't have any of your ideas that were popular with the membership of the Conservative Party during my uh, contest for the leadership and my campaign. But, uh, and, you know, he was honest, at least. And uh, after 15 months, I said, you know, enough is enough. We are going to an election in 2019. And I won't, you know, be out there and speak about ideas that I don't believe in. And we created the People's Party based on the four principles, you know, freedom, res responsibility, fairness, and respect. And all our policies are in line with these principles. So for us, it was easy to be on the side of freedom of choice during the COVID hysteria. Uh, it is easy also to be on the side, the side of uh, protecting family, because we know that, you know, we want to be sure that our constitution would be respected. The federal government won't interfere in provincial jurisdiction and in our day-to-day -day life. But if you read the constitution, you can see that the preamble of our constitution, the first paragraph is that, you know, country has been built on the supremacy of God and the rule of law. So mm -hmm. it's and the rule of law, it's everybody must be equal before the law. And that's not the case right now. So if you want the, our constitution to be respected, you cannot support these uh, radical trans ideology where they want to divide us by sex, by uh, uh, sexual orientation, gender, and race, no, we want to unite everybody and everybody must be must be equal, but they are not. We are giving privileges to some groups and and you know we are we are the victim of of these groups right now absolutely we're at the the mercy of the 
a federal government right now and the partnership between Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh. And I just want to go back where you said, you know, that the charter in, in the preamble there, it says about the supremacy of God and the rule of law. I'm going to emphasize that's God with a capital G-O-D. That's God of the Bible. Yeah. There was an article just written uh, recently. It was posted in Western Standard, which I was surprised by because they're very supportive, uh, I want to say, of our side. But they kind of opened it up as if the charter had been opened up to all religions, but it's not. And then there is another link that I had today. I'm probably going to bring it up next week. And it was everywhere around the legislature where biblical truths are posted, biblical truths. So that is another significant sign that this is a country based on Christian biblical principles. And the rule of law is also built on those principles. And no other nation that is a non-Christian nation has freedom and democracy. I've challenged people. Like you go to the 56 Islamic majority countries, North Korea, Pakistan, uh, China, and you tell me any of them that are not living under a tyrannical, oppressive government. And the answer is zero. And and mm-hmm. when we look at China, it's communism. So Canada yeah. is very oppressive right now. They haven't succeeded, but they are desperately trying to bring, you know, socialism, communism, anything with an ism in it uh, is, is very bad news. And so our battle is a, a spiritual one. And very and many, many people are waking up to that. And uh, the fight is real. Now, the other thing that you mentioned as uh, when we're talking about these minority groups and you were talking about fi- being finance minister and getting into politics because of finances. Oh, my goodness. Not not really being, you know, even on your radar to think about the radical LGBTQ NGOs and the amount of federal funding, taxpayer funding, that is the billions of dollars that are going to LGBTQ groups across Canada right now, the billions of dollars that are going to fund Islamic organizations, multiculturalism. Not only that, uh, when it comes to radical act, radical extremists coming to Canada, we have mosques, we have temples that are under surveillance 24-7, which is paid for by who? The taxpayer. So yeah, there are so us. many things with the right government that we need to eradicate, shut down, so that our taxpayer dollars are no longer funding all of this nonsense. It would be so easy to clean up if the right people were in office, Maxime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. W- yeah, you're right, Tanya. It would be easy. You can do that in one budget. Look at the huge deficit that we have at the federal level because of the the expenses under COVID, where the Liberals and the Bloc Québécois and the Conservatives and the NDP, everybody voted to shut down the economy and create the biggest deficit in our history and giving that to Canadians. And now because of that, we have inflation. But that being said, it, it would be easy. You just have to cut foreign aids, like you said. Actually, it's becoming more and more popular because, as you know, Pierre Polyev is doing politics by survey and polling. And he said a couple of days ago that he will cut foreign aid, the money that is going to only dictators in Africa. We don't know which one. We don't know how much money, but only for that. He's speaking like that because of you, because of me, because it's going more popular. People are fed up with that. We must put Canadian first and our country first. And our position at the People's Party is to cut all foreign aids. But I know know that Canadians are generous 
we will give money when, I don't know, a humanitarian disaster happen or environmental disaster. Yes, we can help these people, but we need to cut the foreign aid budget and we will do that. So it's coming more popular because people understand that we are broke as a country. We don't have money. We have huge deficit. Our standard of living is going down. And you add to that that you spoke, you know, uh, a, a little bit earlier with mass immigration, open borders, mass immigration. That's the most important topic. And I really appreciate what you are doing as an organization to push for a moratorium on immigration. That's the great idea. We cannot have more people coming here. We cannot afford them. We cannot take care of them. We cannot take care, take care of Canadians first. So let's end that and having a real discussion about immigration. But uh, the mainstream uh, political parties, conservative liberals and DP, they're afraid. They don't want to speak about that. And also they are pandering to ethnic ridings near Toronto and near Vancouver. And for them, it's more important than fighting for Canadians. And it's crazy. And the more immigrants they know that they're pouring in because they're bringing them in from uh, third world Islamic or uh, Sikh nations. And and then they come with an agenda because we've said that there's nations within uh, nations being built within our society. And that doesn't work. Multiculturalism is a failure worldwide in every Western nation if the host countries, when the host country's values are not being embraced. And we have a right to demand that everybody prior to Trudeau uh, and others had to swear on the Bible when they came to Canada. If that's an oath you can't take, I'm sorry, you're not welcome to come here. It's just not going to work out. And when we're bringing uh, immigrants in, we should be bringing like-minded people into Canada. When we, they, they, I understand that Im immigration has a duty when there is a threat to an individual's well-being, a humanitarian threat, that they should set priority. And it is the Christians that are in these third world nations that are being burned alive, persecuted, raped, beheaded, and yet they're not being made the priority. And and next week, I have Majed El-Shafi coming on the show again from One Free World International, who's doing amazing work. And we've been having conversations about this. He says, the question needs to be answered is, why is the Arab nation not bringing in, for example, the Palestinians? And that's because yeah. the Palestinians, every time they've entered their countries, have tried to overthrow them. So why is C C Trudeau being so naive to think the story is going to go differently in Canada when we're witnessing what we're witnessing in our streets? It needs to be shut down. It needs to be taken seriously. Uh, absolutely. When you speak about multiculturalism, you have a point there because the philosophy, the idea of that act, because we it, it's in the law in Canada, it's every culture are equal. And that's not true. Every culture are not equal when you are, and you said it very well, when we are importing people coming from the third world, third world, we are importing conflicts. And that's happening in our country, in big cities, in Toronto. They're, you know, they're importing their internal uh, conflicts from their uh, first country, from their country of origin. And they're not part of the country. They, they won't integrate in our country because when they're coming here, we are telling them, you can, you know, don't embrace our culture. Don't be part of our society. You can live in a ghetto because, you know, we believe in multiculturalism and you are bringing something uh, positive to the country. 
No, we need to be able to have an interview like we did a couple of years ago. We had interviews with everyone who wanted to come to our country. And like you just said, they must share our Canadian values. They must understand that everybody is equal before the law, men and women here in Canada, that we, we are a country that is created <laughs> under the supremacy of God. That's important. You said it also. And we have a charter of rights. We need to have a discussion with each one of one. And if they don't agree with that, you know, it's a privilege and it must be a privilege to be Canadian. It's not the case anymore. That open border mass immigration policy, it's killing our country. And that's why it's not only about the economy anymore. Yes, the economy is important, but more than that, it's our culture and, and, and our country. And, and we are fighting for Western civilization values. And we must be proud of that. We must fight. And I believe that people uh, have two choices if they want to keep this country. They have two cho choices. They can be silent uh, and politically correct and do nothing. Or, you know, they can fight for their values and being sure that we'll have the country that we want, that we loved. And bringing these changes here in Canada. And I'm very pleased that people are ready and more and more people are coming to fight for the country, to fight for our kids. Can you believe, Tanya, that I told you when I decided to be a politician, it was all about the economy. I never thought, I never thought that saying as a politician that there's only two sexes, that will be a taboo. I never thought that 15 years ago when I, and now I have to say that in my speech. I have just to say to people, there's only two sexes, by the way. It's, yeah, it's, it's a crazy one. It's, it's so crazy. Down. And now, yeah. And now I've read in the press in UK that a man can, you know, breastfeeding a baby. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, it's, I have to laugh. It's so crazy. But Poliev and Trudeau won't say anything about that. They're afraid of the radical leftists and of the media. <laughs> and I'm having fun just telling the truth based on science, on biology, on facts. And uh, no, it's, it's crazy. Speak, doing a speech in politics, uh, saying that there's only two sexes and saying that a boy cannot be a girl and a girl cannot be a boy. Actually, I just want to tell you an anecdote about that. I was in Manitoba last uh, June in a by-election, and I did have a meeting with people over there, and I, I was answering questions. And I have a young girl, girl, maybe 25 years old, leftist. And I said that, I, and I was answering questions, and there's only two sexes, and a boy cannot be a girl, and blah, blah, blah. And she asked the question, she said, Mr. Bernier, I'm a, I'm a woman, I'm 25 years old, and if what you're telling me, if I cannot give birth, so I'm a man. I say, no, if you cannot give birth, you know, you can go and see your doctor, you'll try to do your best, but I'm not saying that you're a man. But Mr. Bernier, if you as a man, you cannot give birth, so you, uh, you, are you sure that you cannot give birth? I wasn't what can I insert to that? I said, yes, I'm sure that I cannot give birth. We had that kind of crazy discussion <laughs> during an electoral yeah. campaign. 
So it, Maxime, it is like, it, it says in the Bible in the end times, like what was good, it will be evil spoken of, what is right is wrong. And sometimes I'm, I'm wondering, are we in those end times or at the verge of, you know, a revival? I don't know. I, I know a lot of people are recognizing this as, as very evil times, but I see that beautiful shift happening where uh, people are, are no longer shy about uh, voicing their, uh, not their opinion, their knowledge of the fact that there are only two sexes, are only two genders though that's all intertwined uh there yeah. is delusions um and we're not going to entertain delusions and i don't know if you know i've got to send you a photo if i if i didn't i'll text you one but i became a grandmother a week ago and oh, congratulations. I, <laughs> thank you and for 48 hours i was next to my granddaughter helping her through this process and i'm telling you no man could go through what <laughs> she did for multiple reasons biologically <laughs> But I'm telling you, you know, the men, you know what, you're warriors. I'm not undermining men in any way, but this kind of intense pain, <laughs> right, the, of, of giving birth to a child is like un, unlike anything. And and being able to nurse and, you know, every beautiful thing that God created with motherhood. And I will not sit back and let these individuals, these sickos, you know, try to invade my womanhood and and my sphere this this is my ground and you have crossed my boundaries and i speak for every other woman who has you know the um clear understanding and conviction in her heart that there are only two sexes and it would be wrong of us for us to concede this land over to these radical activists who would try to wipe out male and female i just won't do it i i don't care what uh unlawful legislation the federal government has tried to do to quell us from speaking the truth, but we have a, a constitutional right to speak the truth. And if they did challenge me on it, we're going to end up in court and they're going to find out I'm right. And I have the right to say, I'm not supporting <laughs> delusions or your lies. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the public opinion is moving on our side. Uh, you know, the propaganda and, and the fear and, you know, the, the, the leftist ideology, people now more and more realize that, you know, it's, it, it cannot work and we didn't just want to go back to, you know, it's, it's like at every election, uh, journalists are asking me, how many black uh, guy do you have as candidate? How many, you know, LGBTQ candidates do you have? And we never answered this question because it's and, and I said that to journalists, we don't care. We don't want to know they're coming. And if they are a candidate for the People's Party, it's because they want to fight in line with our values and they agree with our uh, platform, our ideas, our vision for this country. But it's all about race. And I'm fed up with that. And I believe yeah. that I'm not the only one. More and more people understand. You know, if you're an entrepreneur in Canada and you want to have a subsidies from the federal government, you need to be a black entrepreneur. They have a program only for black entrepreneur. So it's racism. It's sexism. It's it, it that's that's what it is. And all that oh. diversity, equity, uh, equality, and uh, and inclusion. It, it, it's racism. It's division. And uh, they want to kill the family unit at the same time. 
Yeah, it's 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 gone so beyond. And we know that it's part of the um, UN agenda 2021 2030 annihilate the family cause, you know, division and destruction. It's all this nasty uh, socialist plan, the Marxist plan. It's been done multiple times before. But you know, we're on the front line here, uh, just really bellowing out, you know, the warning to Canadians, please spread this video, spread this information, you couldn't have two people just hitting you with better truth and truth bombs than we are. And it's so easy to speak the truth because it's the truth. And before we uh, just go on, I want to emphasize as well, when we talk about mass immigration, this has nothing to do with race or the color of anybody's skin. This has to do with the condition of the heart and the condition of the mind. And we know that, as you said, not all cultures are equal. Otherwise, you know what? Christians would be safe in the countries that I named earlier, but they're not safe. They're racist against Christians. And guess what? Those Christians are brown. And guess what? My God doesn't know the color of your skin. And there are Christians in Canada that are of all colors. Uh, and all ethnicities. So this is not, it is to race bait using this language. The uh, media tries to bait you into this. And you know what? It is okay to say, no, we don't have any uh, LGBTQ uh, candidates because that is not in line with our values. If that is what the party's values are, you should be able to speak those values because I can tell you Canadians are sick and tired of this being the focus of absolutely everywhere you go. Our kids are being propagandized in the schools, that little flag. That little stolen rainbow has so much power and they knew it. And the creator of that flag said, that's what flags are for. Flags are about proclaiming power. So the spaces need to be neutral. The schools need to be cleaned up of this. It isn't against the gay or lesbian themselves. You're free to live your life. But as Pierre Elliott Trudeau put this, the government should not be in the bedrooms of the people, and we don't want you in the bedrooms of the, in our classrooms. We want you to leave yeah. our kids alone. And once that's done, you know what? This needs to become a non-issue again. Everybody mind their own business, go and live your life, and quit shoving your ideologies down our throats. And that's, to me, what the party of PPC is doing. We're saying we're talking on equality. And, yeah. and that should be the bottom line, that everybody in Canada is treated equally. Now, I want to um, just start moving forward in the conversation because did you mention that there could be, I know the election could be a year and a half away in 2025, October, yeah. or it could come this fall. I kind of don't see that happening because Trudeau doesn't want to lose power. He's going to lose. There's his hands down. The NDP, if he didn't have Jagmeet Singh, and Jagmeet Singh should be in jail. I'm just going to say that out loud. He's just a politician with ulterior motives, with ties. I don't know how somebody like this is sitting in office right now. And he's got an agenda that he's pushing. And the two of them are in bed together and they cannot exist without one another. It's a very bad marriage. It's not even, it's just nasty. So don't, what don't, is don't your forget opinion? Also, yeah, but don't forget about the leader of the NDP. He was, you know, uh, on side with Indian terrorists a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And, and, and for him also, when Fidel Castro died a couple of years ago, he was saying very good things about Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro was a murderer, a communist. And that was the, the, the legacy of, Steve, uh, of uh, Fidel Castro is not good. But for him, you know, he's a real socialist, he's an authoritarian politician, 
like Trudeau, and that's why we are living in a socialist, we have a socialist authoritarian government. And you're right about the election. I strongly believe, like you, Tanya, that we won't have an election this spring. We won't have an election next fall because they look at polls and focus group. That's only that for traditional politicians. Trudeau cannot win if there's an election now. And also, Jack Mead will have fewer seats. So they won't. And the NDP can say anything, everything that he wants to Trudeau and say, I want that. If I don't have that, I won't support you in, in parliament. He will because he doesn't have any advantages to go and have an election right now. He will have fewer members of parliament. So that being said, it's sad because we are ready for an election. We want an election as soon as possible, but it will come. And the, the, the date, I believe, will be in fall 2025. And at that time, I strongly believe that Polyev won't win the election. That will be Trudeau who won't win the election. He will lose the election because of uh, his policy, because of the uh, standard of living that is going down, because of the economy, because of mass immigration. So that's why Polyev doesn't want to speak about anything else than the economy. He knows that, you know, he just have to speak about that and he will have better chances to be elected. But that being said, for us at the People's Party, that, that would be good because our candidate can do their best to be sure that Polyev, as the prime minister, will fight for real conservative values and we will support him in the House when he will table bills in line with that and we will shame him when he won't do that. So we will be able to keep him honest with conservative values. So it's a win-win. It will be a win-win with the population and, and us because they will get rid of Trudeau. I believe that Polyev will win. I'm looking at the polls right now. And in a year, it would be worse economically. So it will be, they, will, they will get rid of Trudeau and they can have us. We can have a couple of uh, candidates elected that will be there and speak about our values and pushing and always pushing and also moving the overtone windows. When we'll have more people in line with our ideas, they will do a poll and Polyev will say, oh, I want to stay in power. I need to do that because the conservatives are not doing politics by conviction. They're doing politics by polling and focus group. So we need to change right. the public opinion. And we are doing that. I believe that 100%. And I just want to clarify, when you said that in 2025 that Pulliver won't win the election, I think you mean that he'll win it by default because Canadians oh, yeah. are so fearful. They're going to vote Conservative uh, because they don't want to see Trudeau go back in rather than vote for a party that actually aligns with all of their values. And um, that's correct. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, yeah. You're, you're absolutely yeah, you're absolutely right, right about that, Tanya. And it's why people are saying, you know, they're, say, they're saying we want to get rid of Trudeau. They're not saying we want Polyev to be prime minister. So everybody wants to be get rid of Trudeau. So that's why it will be a vote against Trudeau, not a vote for Polyev. But by doing that, Polyev will be elected. Yes. 
Right. And your strong voice in being that uh, party to change the trajectory of the conversation is how the pendulum swings. And this is how our vote is so much going to count because of combined the work that uh, Maxime Bernier is doing at the PPC, Action for Canada is doing boots on the ground and within our communities and assisting in doing that and applying the pressure. The other thing that Action for Canada is doing, our communities, I love it as our chapters get selected solidified in a community. We had a chapter leader. They start reaching out and they go to elected officials. Uh, We have NDP MLAs that are actually inviting us back, our, our our chapter leaders for meetings, and they are willing to hear what we have to say. They're actually not knowledgeable about what was going on, whether about Soji, an MLA who's terribly vaccine injured. His wife is a nurse and he's like, he had no idea what he was participating in. And so we don't go in with a heavy hand. We go in depending on who the elected official is. If they're down and outright globalists, if they're down and outright intentionally hurting our kids, we're going to lean in. But if it's an opportunity to educate, we're doing that as well, even with uh, MPs. And so the work is there. This is uh, in tremendous. I want to call it a partnership, ally, friendship. Yeah. And uh, so can I ask you, uh, because like you say, you know, the conservatives are going to win. And when I did the weekly action this week, again, for those who are watching this after the fact, Go to our description because the weekly action email that I put out every week in advance of a guest coming on provides you in about 10 minutes um, highlights of the topic that we're speaking on. But you could dig in for a couple of hours, watch videos, research reports so that you would even be more well versed on what we're speaking on. And um, so... I I would. Oh, so I just kind of lost my train of thought when I was talking about the weekly action in bringing you on and the party. Oh, yes. And so I wrote about the populist movement and I hadn't really considered it as much before I wrote this weekly action. I thought, isn't that the new term? And I know some would call you a libertarian, but I would almost relabel you the populist government, the populist movement. And we see it. And you tell me how you feel about that, uh, because we see Geert Wilders in the Netherlands. What was it? Plus 20 years. He had been fighting to bring awareness Uh, His main topic was Islam in the Netherlands because they had opened their doors way further than any other Western nation, as did Sweden. And they're almost done because of the population, because Islam comes in and their objective is to outpopulate everybody, have more kids than anyone, set up their mosques. And then uh, the uh, rate of uh, um, what do you call that? Corruption, crime, uh, violence, all increases anytime Islam. And so he is in practically solitary confinement under protection because of all the fatwas out against his life. But he kept fighting. And in the election last year, he got a majority government. And I can't tell you how I celebrated because I know how hard this man fought to get the popular vote and stand on his convictions. And and, and so Marine Le Pen and others, and is it... um, in Brazil, was it Brazil or where did that fella just get elected? Uh, uh, Argentina, Argentina, Argentina. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell me you what know, you it, think it, about yeah, what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So the trend, you're absolutely right. The trend uh, for populist political party, and, and by the way, we are a populist political party. Our name is People's Party of Canada. We are fighting for the people and for our country. Some of our some people are saying, "Oh no, Bernie, it's a libertarian party." It is not, because if you're a libertarian, 
You believe in open borders. If that's a libertarian, everybody must be free to do what they want and they can go and cross and everybody can be a citizen of any country. So that's, that's a libertarian. We are not, it's, we created that party in the beginning on four principles and one of our most important policy, it's fighting against mass immigration. I did that in 2019. And, you know, people were saying, journalists were saying that I was a racist and a, xeno, a, a racist, a xenophobe, because I was arguing for fewer immigrants, ending mass immigration. The population was not ready at that time. But I told them, you, we cannot do that. I was right at that time, and I'm even more right. So fighting against mass immigration is our core policy, because everything is happening because of that. Healthcare crisis, uh, fewer jobs for Canadians, salaries and, and that are going down, everything. And at the same time, housing crisis. It's, it's, it's everything, you know, it's because of mass immigration. We need to stop that. And uh, that's why I'm looking at what is happening in other countries in Europe. Uh, Marine Le Pen, she may be the new president for France. And yes, she fought against mass immigration since a long time, for a long time, since I believe... You know, her father actually was like a racist over there before because he, he was fighting against mass immigration. So now, and you said Sweden. Sweden now, they're not speaking about ending mass immigration. They, they, they did it. Now they're, spe they're speaking about deportation. <laughs> they're there in their yeah. public debate, deportation. So, yeah, it's happening in other countries. And it's, it's important for us to have this debate and for for us as a political party, you know, if you are, if you think that it's so important to fight mass immigration, to preserve our country, uh, our, our culture, we are the only national political party in Canada that is doing, that will do that, that is speaking about that since the creation of our party in 2018. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. And I know that you were talking about economic students as well and shutting that down. And and yeah. I was and reading... Deportation. Yeah. Deportation for them. There are 700 of them that came yep. illegally with fake uh, permit. They must be deported. And actually, Immigration Canada issued, I believe, 10,000 deportation letters to uh, uh, illegal immigrants, but they are still in Canada. We must act. We must do that deportation. You yes. know, imagine what signal we are giving to, we are sending to people across the world. Yeah, we are opening our borders. And if you come illegally, it's okay. We'll issue you, we'll issue you a deportation later, later, but we won't do anything. So, you know, we need to act. There's legislation. And when they don't respect the legislation, that must be the only, the, the first reason to deport these people. A hundred percent. And and yeah, I appreciate you speaking so forthright and uh, boldly on that, Maxine, because we're, we're considered a joke to the rest of the world. And, you know, we've been shamed as nice Canadians, this military style psychological warfare, you know, to call us haters and intolerant. And it's like we've been so tolerant to our demise. There comes a point where you got to wake up and stop being silly and understand that your family is at risk. We are inviting yeah. people. We have people in this nation that hate us and mean us harm, whether it's the CCP 
the, and uh, the communist Chinese here, whether it's the radical Kalistanis uh, that are actually sitting in government, whether it's the radical Islamic Muslim Brotherhood that are actually in positions in government, and they should all be expelled. I mean, there needs to be a hard line that nobody can run for office in this country if if you serve um, other foreign interests. It's just smart and common sense. It's not racist. And if I can't go to one of the 56 Islamic majority countries, China, Pakistan, and North Korea, and run as a candidate as a white Christian woman, then why are we allowing this in, in what's good for the goose is good for the gander? I say shut her down in Canada and, and come on, let's toughen up our very sovereignty. The nation is at complete uh, risk of being annihilated at this point and and we need to take a really hard stand absolutely and you know when i remember uh, i believe ma maybe 15 years ago if you wanted to be a canadian and you're a new immigrant in our country you had to demonstrate that you can speak english or french you know it's important we want you to integrate our, our our culture so if you cannot speak the language you cannot integrate but now it's not the case anymore and i have an example of that pierre poliev did a press conference with the number two of his party uh and uh, the number two i don't remember his name uh, from uh, indian origin hindu origin canadian from hindu origin start the press conference by speaking Pujabi, Pujabi, speaking Pujabi. That's not an official language in Canada. Why? Because these people are coming here. They don't speak English or French and they are pandering to them. So they, 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 they are speaking another language that is not an official language in an official press conference that has been called by the leader of the opposition. So we cannot tolerate that. If you, it's there's two official languages. Yeah, there's two official languages. That's it. And actually, somebody told me a couple of months ago, Maxime, you must uh, translate your video and everything in Chinese and Portuguese. I said, no, I won't do that. You know, it's English and French. That's it. And yeah. you come here, you must be able to speak. And if not, and that's why we must go back to the point system. We were giving more points and when you speak the language and so, but we don't have that anymore. Well, it's got to turn around and I'm just going to give the uh, story again about my mom and her, my four uncles and my grandmother moved to Canada from the Netherlands. They were already learning la the language before they came, English, and uh, they right away signed up for English within months of being here. And my mom said, we never spoke Dutch in public. And I always ask, why, mom? And she said, because out of respect for Canadians, we were so grateful to be here. And I yeah. can literally, I live in Surrey. I can't go to the bank. I cannot go to the grocery store where people around me or Costco. I can't actually go to Costco because I'm banned. But anyways, I can't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> um, without, with, I, and I can't understand anybody. And I turn, uh, there were, was a Muslim woman working at Canadian Tire and another Muslim co-worker came up and spoke to her. I'm returning something and they're speaking uh, is Islamic. And I turned to them and I said, you need to speak English. I was very bold about it. You're you're in a in a in a position, you know, that is to the pu public, serving the public, 
You cannot speak the language. But if we don't stop this, Maxime, that is the way because we're pushovers. And I was saying in the weekly update that I'm asking Canadians, I know money needs to be raised for the People's Party as well, but there are certain actions that we need to take because um, Protestant and Catholicism are the only two religions recognized in Canada. And when you have mosques, Islamic centers and Islamic schools that are teaching kids to hate Canadians and that, for instance, uh, wishing Merry Christmas to a Canadian is worse than rape or murder, those institutions need to be shut down. And because of the massive problem, like I had East Indian neighbors, super nice people, we got along great, but they were t- sending their kids to the Calistani school every single morning from the time they get into school and they don't speak English. We're offended by that. It holds up our kids from learning and thriving. It holds your kids up from thriving. It's not hateful to talk about this. And again, I don't care if you're white and you're coming into Canada. If you were Polish by the masses or Ukrainian coming in here by the masses and not respecting our culture and our way of life, we are going to be offended. So don't buy into the government calling us uh, racist or intolerant or hateful. Mm. No, we love our country enough to protect it. And we need all of you shifting from this mind management that you've been under for decades. Take a shift and say, by gum, I have a right and a duty to stand up for my government and we uh, for our country. And I need you on the front lines with us. And I need you supporting Action for Canada financially. I'm just going to put a little plug in here right now because there are actions that I need to take that I don't want to discuss in advance. We don't want to give the enemy a heads up. But let me just tell you, it's very serious what Maxime and I are talking about. And we can't do that. And and don't say, you know, it's not uh, just one lawyer that I'm dealing with. There's others. And again, I'm not going to discuss those things. Um, but it's very, very important. And legal actions take money. And don't sit back yeah. and start, uh, you know, chastising anybody for raising money. And Maxime, I know that you are doing an appeal in your case yeah. and you put out an appeal to raise money for that appeal. And, you know, I had to do an appeal. And because of the massive attacks against Rocco, thank God I had my little and thank Canadians for allowing me to have this war chest. I never spoke a word a year and a half ago. I just wrote that check. And it wasn't awful that Rocco needed more funds to fight this war for us. He has a firm to run and shame on anybody for chastising any lawyers that have a firm. Plus, Rocco has given so much of his time to so many Canadians and volunteered his time to help them. And so I just feel a need to nip that in the bud right now. (laughs) No, you're right, Tanya. We as a political party, we're doing the fight in the political area. But also, personally, I'm doing the fight, as you know, I've, I fought against Trudeau and the vaccine passport with Brian Pitford. That was illegal and constitutional, but we didn't win at the, the uh, federal court. We appealed that. We didn't win at the appeal court. And now we are appealing uh, at the Supreme Court of Canada. We may have a decision maybe in six months or something like that. But it's important. We need to fight, you know, in the street, politically, and also in, in, in the courts. And there's a lot of organizations that are doing that. And I'm pleased that you're doing that also on your side. 
We've got such good strategies and good, such good fights. We've had <laughs> such a massive win that I can't even talk about. Um, but you know what? It's because we've got more wins coming in this area. But I just want Canadians to be encouraged. Like we're working with really great people. Um, okay, so now what I want to do is I want to go to a bit of a Q&A. There's people that have asked yeah. uh, some questions. So I'll try to zip through some of these. Um, yeah. Let me just see. It says, uh, can you ask Maxime to comment on continued attack on Canada's sovereignty through the UN programs like UNDRIP, WHO, UNRWA, etc.? Yeah. And I remember years ago that one of the first things I was asking you, Maxime, are you willing to pull out of the UN? Right? <laughs> yes, yes, we will. We will using our, our money. So my answer for that is, you know, we will finance the UN when they will fight in line with our values. And that's a socialist organization. So we'll save a lot of money because we won't give money. And also we won't sign the um, um, uh, the compact, the uh, migration compact coming from the UN, because for them, migration must be normal. Everybody must be able to go in any country. No, we must end that. We won't sign the migration compact. We won't sign the Paris Accord. We will withdraw from the Paris Accord. So, yes, all these international organizations, we are saying no to them, and including the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization. We we have all the competencies and the good people in, in Canada to have the right policies for our country. So that's why I'm saying no to foreign, foreign interference and fighting for the sovereignty of our country. Yeah, somebody said in there, Pamela said, Maxime, I want you to be PM for 20 plus years. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we need you, Maxime. I'm just sitting here. I get all pumped up. I hope everybody else does too. And I just want to let people know before I was talking about the populist movement, and as you had mentioned, Marine Le Pen in France, uh, um, uh, uh, who did I say, uh, Geert Wilders in the Netherlands. Yeah. And it took time pressing in so that the citizens got behind the leaders, like Maxime, who is saying exactly everything we need. And I'm telling you, this is not for the popular vote. He's not just doing this, you know, to tickle your ears. Maxime <laughs> believes this. This is this is what I bet you when like I wake up on the feet, uh, when I roll out of bed, I, I actually say, God, my feet are hitting the floor. <laughs> like, here we go. And <laughs> Maxime, uh, you know, he embraces everything that we're talking. He has a passion about this. He has a passion for Canada, protect it for his daughter for your children. He's fighting for all of us. Okay, uh, would you support an independent office of science? It says answers to Auditor General because AG understands independent to conduct quality assurances involving testing, checking, and replicating any science before policies are made. One application would be the UNIPCC climate change science that every level of government has swallowed yeah. hook, line, and sinker without checking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not science. It's not science. When you cannot confront that, when you cannot have a discussion, and you know, they're always saying there's a consensus. When you hear the word consensus, it's because they don't want to have a discussion, because they know that we have, we are on the right side of the argument. They don't want to. They're doing that. There's a consensus on climate change. No, there's no consensus. The climate is always changing, and we don't have to do anything about that. But that's our position. And what I want to do also, it's a, a parliamentary commission. And having put in that in front of the public, everything that happened during COVID-19, we cannot just turn the page and forget it. No, what they did to us, 
to the population, to Canadian divisions and segregation and forcing people to take a, 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 a vaccine that is not a vaccine. It was unconstitutional. So we need to reopen that debate and we will do that. We will ask for an independent parliamentary commission that will bring expert and put that in the news, put that in. I want Canadians to understand because if you're still going and opening your TV, turning, turning on your TV every night, you know, you, I, I, like I said to my dad, turn off the TV and everything will go well. And, but we must do that. And taking, that's why I like what you're doing every week, Tanya. You know, just short, half an hour. This is the important news. It's going well in the right direction. We still have work to do. And we understand and we are, we are doing that. So it's like when I spoke with Jordan Peterson a couple of, I think a year ago, I told him, Jordan, I cannot be in the mainstream media. They are canceling me. And Jordan told me, Maxime, forget that. The mainstream media is going down. That's the independent media, YouTuber, podcast, go there and you'll be successful. You'll be able to, to <clears throat> speak with a lot of people. And actually, who's doing that right now in the U.S.? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is canceled right now by the mainstream media in the U.S. because he was an anti-vax or for freedom of choice, but he's at about 20% in the polls because he's doing podcasts and he's out there on social media and in the real life. So social media is the future. And I just want to add also about that, Tanya, that if your people, if you are there, you are listening and you like what I'm saying and you want to know more, go on our website, peoplespartyofcanada.ca. Our platform is there. Click on platform, read it. It won't change. And if you want to do another step, you may be, if you want to be a candidate and being part of the change, being an agent of change, you can be a candidate for us. We're going to open a call for candidates uh, March 1st. You can go on our website and write to us at info at peoplespartyofcanada.ca. Uh, Trenzio, can you bring up the site for a minute? Because I'm glad that you brought this up. That was on one of my notes to do this. And um, soon, I think as of March 1st, are you going to be vetting yes. candidates again, right, for the regions that uh, you currently have empty? Absolutely. We have about 125 candidates approved mm. and selected for the next election. We need 338. So we'll have a list of writings where we need a candidate. And, you know, read the platform. You share our ideas. You're in line with our principles, our vision of the country. Be part of the change and be with us to fight against that tyranny and these globalists. Right. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I know that because you and I, like our values so closely align, even as Christians, um, our, our values align as well. And with Action for Canada, our chapter leaders, so many of our members uh, embrace the Christian foundation of Canada. And as I've said, there's many, many non-believers now who have written me and said, Tanya, you know what? I completely agree with you. I see the validity of what you're saying, that the principles from what we were we're gifted with, which are biblical Christian principles, do set us apart 
from totalitarian extremist nations. And and so this is something to embrace. And even the LGBTQ should be embracing this. Because I'm telling you, you go and send these radical trans activists right now down to uh, Lebanon or Qatar or uh, Syria, or let's just uh, say maybe Palestine right now and see how they would fare. And, and so people aren't thinking logically. They are just, there's like this spirit of offense that's grown, gone across this nation. And they'd rather have a knee-jerk reaction and be offended than actually think critically for a moment rather than what the media and the junk that they're filling their heads with and the propaganda and the hate and the intolerance. Talk about intolerance. It's not on our side. (laughs) We don't suffer from intolerance. Yeah. And that's that's why people must have the courage of their conviction. You know, what is the goal if you have the best ideas, the best values, but if you don't fight for it? Nothing will happen. So you need to be strong, fight for your values, have uh, have the courage to speak in line with your conviction. It's easy when you have a discussion with a friend and that is telling you something that you, you, you it's not in line with your values or you're saying, no, you're wrong. You want to please people. That's the first reflex that we have and stay silent. And I'm telling you, don't stay silent. Be polite, but questions and just put your ideas out there. Yeah, and then people often say the other side, you know, the little tree huggers or whatever. I don't, I, I, I like tree huggers too, but they want to say it's all about love. We should just all be loving. And it's like, well, you know what? It's not loving to tolerate people who are coming in and are attacking people within our nation. There, there has to be boundaries. You know, have you ever seen those people who had really poor boundaries and they got themselves into very dysfunctional situations? And then once they realized that they were in dysfunctional situations because those decisions were their own. And so what we're trying to do is to say it is okay to have healthy boundaries for Canada and we can speak that in love. I love the immigrants coming to Canada enough to say, look, did you like what you left? Like, why are you coming to Canada? And and yeah. so just a little nudge and a reminder, you need to brush your feet off and, and put that life behind you because you are yeah. being welcomed in to freedom and you need to understand yeah. how to embrace that. In order to embrace it, you have to let something go. You have to let something dis- dysfunctional that wasn't working for you. You need to let that go. And so I love people enough to say, you know what, to the LGBTQ community, I love you enough to say when you're being lied to. It isn't loving to tell our kids that they're born in the wrong body to support this to the point where they get sterilized and then go and have their bodies mutilated because that's what they're doing. It's actually a federal offense in Canada to mutilate a body. But Trudeau and these deviants, and they they turned around and twisted that section of the law and say, oh, except for like if a doctor says it's okay. Well, these doctors need to be arrested and they need to be convicted. And if not, at the very least, they need to have the surgical procedure conducted on themselves before they go further (laughs) in mutilating anybody else. That's what I would like to see happen. Then tell me how much they uh, enjoy the money that they're making on the lives, the harm, and the injury that they are causing to others. Then this is more loving my position than I think that any of the left have ever been to anybody. Okay, I know and, it's late for and you. That's why, yep. And that's why we are loving kids also. And our position as a political party is to prohibit, prohibit the use of, uh, you know, puberty blockers for minors and to prohibit 
the mutilation of children and minors. You need to change the criminal code. And that will be the same policy all across the country. And we are the only party that is saying, let's change the criminal code. And that must be criminal. Same thing also for euthanasia. You know, it must be criminal for a doctor or a nurse to say to a patient, maybe, you know, we can kill you also if you want. It must be criminal. And we need to stop that. We are living in an era that glorify death. We need to end yeah. that. It must be life, not death. But yeah, it, it's all, it, it, we need to change all that. And uh, we are fighting for that with you, Tania. Yeah, a, d- a certain death culture. But, you know, I, there's something, as I'm thinking death culture, that I had in the weekly update. I'm sorry, but I actually celebrate it. But Idaho, Florida has already passed it. But the death penalty for oh, pedophiles. Yeah. There's got to be yeah. a line because there's so much tolerance right now. They have no fear. They're blatantly out sexualizing and grooming our children in libraries and in the public forum and in the education system. And this seriously needs to come to a stop. Okay, let me throw a few more questions at you. Yeah. I've been trying to keep up with it. Normally, Heather is is on and in the background, but she had she was elsewhere. So she's not helping me out right now, if anybody else can. So there's uh, one question, of course, Max. I don't even really want to address this about splitting the vote because it's like it's getting uh, at nauseum that this question is being asked. It's like you're either going to do like they've done in the Netherlands and what's coming in France and you're going to have the conviction that you know the only way to start turning this government around is to start voting with your conscience. And that means that the PPC party is going to win a vote and we're going to have somebody gain seats in the legislature. That's where yes. this movement begins. And that's when we'll start to see it's incremental. So then we start to see, uh, you know, that change in the next election after four years of yes. the Conservative Party to see maybe, maybe that possibly they're not going to be so much better than the Liberals, right? I think there will be a little bit uh, of, of a reprieve there. Uh, but I don't know that we're going to see the type of changes that we're really looking for. So it has to be incremental. So you can't keep blaming Maxime for having a party. Otherwise, you have to go and condemn Garrett Wilders, who went through the same thing for 20 years before he finally got popular vote. All right. We're not going to have this country. We're not going to live in tyranny and we can't leave our borders open. So anyways, what do you want to add to that, Maxime? Yeah, just I just want to add shortly, you know, when you speak about splitting the vote, there's an assumption there that we, the People's Party and the Conservative are the same. We are not the same. I just told you the last hour on immigration, on radical gender ideology, on on climate change, on the UN. We are not the same. So you're not spitting anything. It's not like when you have an apple and you spit the apple, you have two pieces of an apple. (laughs) We're different on the the most important public policies for the country. So we are not spitting any vote. That's Podiev, we're spitting the Liberals' vote because he has the same policies than the Liberal on these important issues. He's the one who's spitting the vote. He's spitting the Liberal votes. And that's why he's only conservative in name. Absolutely. And and so another thing I want to encourage people as well as they think, okay, how can I do this? And this is something that Action for Canada has been desperately working on for years is to build our chapters up. 
And then we have, I call it communities within communities of like-minded people so that when we come to any election, we have candidates that we can rise up. Now, Action for Canada doesn't have third parties, but we have those communities within those groups that can go and do their own thing, go do the door knocking and get people elected. And 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 that's what we are encouraging in the election in uh, 2022. We got a number of our uh, chapter leaders and some members elected as school board trustees. So the churches were appealing to like crazy saying, look, the Bible doesn't say separate separation in church and state. The tyrannical government does. The Muslims have uh, the Muslim get out to vote in Canada. The liberal government spent something like $25,000 creating a booklet for them, which was so wrong. And then it was all pro liberal, go out and vote liberal. They're not shy about telling you who to vote for and they're running candidates. They shouldn't be able to run candidates. Muslims should not be able to run for candidacy unless they're going to swear an oath on the Bible and base everything on biblical principles. And I find that's going to be uh, terribly difficult for them. That's a conversation for another time, I guess. But the point being, if we want our people elected, we can easily do that if we can get a thousand people together in a chapter who are ready to go out door knocking and help these candidates who are putting everything on the line for every single Canadian to run for office. And that's our object- objective as an organization. And again, we're meeting in the churches. Pastors are actually becoming chapter leaders. It's pretty exciting. And there's they're running videos in church regarding Action for Canada. Things are taking a cor- corner. So be encouraged, everybody. But don't sit back and like just like this video. Find out if there's a chapter. Find out if you want to run as a PPC candidate. I've also, I've always got to give a little plug for the Christian Heritage Party as well. Uh, Rod Taylor's an awesome person as well. We don't want to, you know, everywhere where Mm. there's a vote, if there's a candidate that aligns with your values, get out, support them, and you might be surprised at the results. And and I want also to thank Rod, because when I was running in a by-election in Portage Lease Guard, uh, Rod decided not to have a Christian candidate and that his organization was helping me in Portage Lease Guard. So, yeah, it's and, you know, Rod always fought for what he believed and since the creation of the Christian heritage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and he's um, yeah he's a wonderful guy. But you have developed a pro- platform for yourself, Maxime. You are definitely um, just that louder voice that's been out there going across the country, traveling, and uh, really, really doing the work. I super commend you for all the work that you've done in your party and your people. I know what it takes. We've got a small core team at Action for Canada at the national level, and our chapter leaders, which would be similar to your candidates, are working yeah. like crazy seven days a week, some of us, uh, you know, to to change the direction that um, Canada is going. And uh, so you, you, you have just been... Good thing you run marathons now and then. You need to be conditioned <laughs> yeah. for, the, for this kind and I of must tell you, Tanya, I must tell you, Tanya, that I witnessed uh, some of your uh, leadership leaders uh, in different places uh, around the country when I'm traveling and giving speeches. You know, after that, I'm with people shaking hands and, oh, I'm from Action Canada here. I'm the leader there. I'm the chapter leader there. So, yeah, you have an organization. People are out there. And, you know, they are giving me the pamphlet. And I say, I know that pamphlet. I know that by heart. That's the right <laughs> ideas. Thank you very much. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. A lot of them, if they have my phone number, <laughs> they end up giving me a text after they've taken their photo with you. So like I said, this is a beautiful relationship. It's a great friendship, Maxime. Um, can anybody on my team let me know if I've missed a question? It wouldn't have been intelligent, uh, in, intentional, that's for sure. And somebody had corrected me when I was talking to the uh, uh, service uh, ladies at Canadian Tire. I said they were speaking Islamic. I know that. I, f- I meant Arabic. <laughs> just in okay, case okay, anybody yeah. says there's no such thing as Islamic. I sometimes I am so speedy. I get lost for words. <laughs> All right. Um, so, okay, team, is there anything else that anybody would like to ask? It says, yeah, I don't know if you're going to have an answer for this one because we're just going to keep pressing forward and we see the courts responding. Is that how can the unvaccinated find justice for losing their rights and freedoms when uh, the courts are so broken? Yeah, we have a challenge with the court, you're right. And uh, actually, because that's the prime minister who is appointing judges, and we have uh, woke judges, and I believe, you know, that's why it's very difficult for us to have a fair judgment. So that being said, uh, we need to do a little bit like in the U.S. You know, when they want to appoint a judge, that judge must go, uh, you know, in front of the committee, a question about him, question about uh, what he believes in, and after that, they can vote. So I believe that in Canada, we must change the way that we are selecting our judges. It must be more open, more transparent. We must have a debate, a discussion with that a candidate uh, in Parliament before appointing anybody. Absolutely. And, you know, the more I see how things are governed in the United States as far as their law enforcement, we need to revamp the RCMP at the federal level. They're oh, not doing their job. They're not doing their yeah. job. They're fail- failing us miserably. Uh, they've had all the evidence they needed, and uh, they could have arrested Justin Trudeau a long time ago. And I provided them the evidence they needed for um, officials here in British Columbia, hands down. These are uh, nasty people committing crimes against humanity. And so I look forward uh, eventually somewhere in the future to making sure this yeah. never, ever happens again. But there are CMPs, a woke organization. Our Canadian forces uh, are a woke organization also. We need to change all that. And, and yeah. that's why I'll be in a, a Durand this uh, Friday. There's a by-election there, March 4th. We have a candidate, Patricia. She's working on, uh, hard. I was with her last weekend and the, the other weekend also. But uh, I will do a press conference this Friday uh, about our policies, you know, against wokeism, more details. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's, I believe that people will like it. We have specific uh, uh, changes that we want to, to bring our values and to stop that racism, sexism and wokeism in our country. Absolutely. And just this hyper focus on it. And I know that a couple of different areas, uh, one, I want to just before we pass on the conversation about law enforcement, I want to commend the police officers that have to go to work every uh, every day under their tyrannical leadership. I know that there were police officers who, who came into the force having a dream of serving their country and serving people. And like our nurses and doctors, they've been extorted, manipulated, coerced into taking the jab. Many have lost their jobs. And I have been saying for years pre-COVID, countries do not fall into tyranny if the police and the military side on, stand on the side of the people and not the government. 
And so I'm just going to encourage you again. There's going to come a point where you may have to decide, are you going to stand on the side of government to keep your job and eventually lose your freedoms completely? Or are you going to stand with the people? And I'm encouraging you to stand with the people because we never again want to see what happened in Ottawa to fellow citizens from you brutes, from those of you who are brutes, and you were hiding behind your helmets and your masks, and you should all be called up and named when Trudeau goes down for that um, tyrannical move against the citizens. I believe that every officer was in violation of their oath. They had a choice that they made that day and that they should be held to account. Okay. And yes, they uh, had a choice. Mm-hmm. I just I just want to add about that. Yes, they had a choice. Actually, two days ago, I was in a little village in Quebec in a restaurant uh, and uh, uh, freedom fighters. And I said to him, were you able to have your restaurant open during the, the lockdown? He said, yes, because our local police, they were on our side. They came and they had dinner at my restaurant. So you have good officers that are there and yeah. for the people. But that's, that's the top. They're corrupt. And we need to change that. I love it. And, you know, the majority of police, I think, are good. And do you hear what Maxime is saying? Those few at the top, you're the majority. We're the majority as Canadians. You're the majority in the force and the military. And, you know, it's been incremental that the government is chipping away at you and uh, defunding you and and really hurting the forces uh, so that they can't even fight. And so you have a choice right now. We're in a crossroads. We have this opportunity to turn things around in Canada. It's multiple levels. And Maxime, I want people to understand as well that as well, you've evolved and you've come a long way as far as the abortion issue is concerned. I don't want to leave the show without addressing that. I'm so yeah. happy that it's uh, part of your party policy right now. I was just like, yeah. I'm not going to support any party that doesn't have it as part of party <laughs> policy. Yeah. And and so very grateful for to you for so many of the decisions that you're making. And, you know, like I said, you you came from almost like with horse blinders on. You had a career. <laughs> it was in finance and you took this leap and uh, people need to be gracious. And these high expectations, you know, uh, of you when you came out that door. And and then I know for myself, I was like, meet me, meet me, me, you know, Maxime, <laughs> when I would see you on different issues. And and then you had other people, you know, that are like, oh, you know, you got to know about these issues. And then as you became aware, it became part of your party pol- policy on so many uh, different um, uh, 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 campaigns. I, I got one more I want to say, though, actually, because it hit me so hard in the fall. And again, it's this massive UN agenda as part of 2030. Have you touched on UNDRIP at all? Have you uh, have you touched yeah, on that uh, end- issue? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, we are a sovereign country. They can do what they want. We are. We we don't want anything. We don't want to deal with that organization anymore. So that's easy. And so we will affirm our sovereignty as a country. And, and speaking about abortion, you're right. I said and I tweeted about that. We are killing onboard babies in this country, and that must stop. Yeah, amen to that. And then as well, uh, there was this verse in the Bible that said, when you come and you enter a country, do not sign treaties. And we're paying the consequence for our forefathers signing some treaties. And with the natives, I just want people to understand, again, there's this psychological warfare going on for you. They are using and extorting the natives, the UN, the government, 
doesn't give us a hoot about the natives no. as people, as human beings. They are using them as pawns to advance an agenda to take our land rights. And in BC, yeah. the corrupt NDP, David Eby, has uh, been signing secret uh, legislation, secret uh, agreements. It's not legislation. They're unlawful and uh, they're against our constitution and they need to be revoked immediately, giving 90% of our public land over to the natives. They don't have a right to do that. We, it's not colonialism. No. We didn't come in and steal the land. We came in, the Europeans came in and they began to develop a nation. There were hundreds That's of uh, different tribes in Canada that were all in fighting. Some of them were scalping. It was nasty business. It's not to say there weren't nice people, but there was no collaboration. They weren't providing a nice society from which they could develop what our founding forefathers from Europe gifted us with. And so to poison that, to poison it and make out that the white colonists we've, as I've reported on, huge report that I gave the presentation and all the evidence is that the graves are indeed empty, Right. The murdered, yeah. murdered and missing Indigenous women were at the hands of the of the natives themselves. It wasn't white people killing them all. And that's a government report that we've made public. And instead, you know what? It was to fuel and manipulate everybody. It was to instill hate in the natives who were fighting for. And those chiefs, not all of them, there's some good chiefs, but a lot of the chiefs are extorting money from Canadians. And they're on board with this because they think they have a right to take over the natural resources. We came into Canada fair and square. We came in not murdering, raping, or pillaging like the Muslims have in the Christian nations. We came in and we developed a magnificent uh, country, uh, envy of the world. And the natives have not progressed and they could not progress and they can't progress without Canadian taxpayer dollars. And so now if they think they're so great and we're so horrible, I call on the Trudeau government to stop all funding immediately. If that's how they feel about us, we owe nothing. Stop paying the hundred and billions of dollars and finally do something on your own. And, and then because we should all be treated equally in Canada. And that's when they as a people will begin to thrive. Yeah, and that's why if you want to know more for us on our side at the BBC, we want to abolish and repeal the Indian Act. You know, that's a racist act. It's based on race. You know, they're part of our society. They must yeah. be with us and in, in, in reserve right now. They, it, they cannot buy a home. It's, it's communism there. It's, so it's not a capitalist, free capitalist economy on a reserve. We need to change that. We need, and when I'm speaking about that to some chiefs across the country, they said, yes, Maxine, we want to be like you. We, we, we don't like the Indian Act also. So, yes, let's do that revolution and bringing them in our society, fully part of our society. Uh, I, that's absolutely, I'm in agreement and as well, and I'm glad that they realized that. And as well, when UNDRIP in British Columbia was being signed in 2018, a lawyer warned the chief saying, do not sign this. This is not a good deal for you because you will become wards of the state. And what did they, yeah. what do you know? They've become wards of the states and now they're using UNDRIP, which is United Nations Declaration on the Rights yeah. of Indigenous People, a UN agenda, an unelected yeah. body who are interfering with our democracy. This needs to be revoked immediately and all the secret treaties that are being signed with the NDP government. That's treason. What the NDP uh, government the, in BC is doing at this point. And the good news about that, 
People must remember that we are a sovereign country. Yes, other governments can sign treaty, but the a new government can just withdraw from this treaty. And the best example of that is Donald Trump. Donald Trump, when he became president, he said, I don't want to deal with the Paris Accord with that. And I don't want to be part of that. He withdraw from the Paris Accord. That was not enforced in America under President Trump. After that, you know, Biden said, oh, yeah, I want to be part. I'm a big socialist. I believe in climate change. I want to be part of that. He signed the Paris Accord. So we are a sovereign country. We can just, you know, get rid of all these treaty and bring and fighting for us in line with our values and with our priorities as a country. Right. And I want to bring one more um, document again to people's awareness as we're talking about the sovereignty of our nation. Uh, the coronation oath was signed in Canada and sworn that Canada would be governed by Christian Protestant principles, biblical principles. That's a living, breathing signed document today. Prince Charles signed it a year ago, which means that is an obligation. Even when the charter was signed and Queen Elizabeth signed the charter, that means again, the God, G, capital G-O-D of the charter is the God of the Bible because she could not be in violation of the oath, which meant that anything that she signed in had to align with Christian principles. If not, that too has to be revoked. And and so we're on very good ground with this. We just have to assert all of our rights and all of the documents that our forefathers have signed. And all of that is beautifully ahead of us. Before we close... I'm just going to read a little something to you that somebody put in the chat, Maxime. I love it, Richard. It says, we're Christians first and 50-year members of the Conservative Party. However, we can no longer in good conscience in honoring our Lord by voting the, for the PC any longer. We are thankful for Maxime and the PPC party. We are in a very strong conservative riding, and everyone has seen our conservative election sign in our yard. I'm sure it will draw attention when we have our PPC sign up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you very much. And, and you know, you won't be disappointed because if you like us and the platform today, in 10 years, it will be the same one. So we won't disappoint you. We will always fight for your values and for you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much, Maxine. It's just been a treat having you on the show. I look forward to having you again. Keep us uh, updated on what's going on in Durham there. Uh, hopefully you'll yeah. have a celebration. It's coming at some point. And uh, I just praise the Lord for you. And thank you so much. And just pray that he would just honor the work of, of your hands and your team. We'll have you on thank again you, soon. Thank you, Tanya. I'm very pleased that I have that opportunity with you. Thank you very much. And big success to us. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Woo, that was an awesome show. Uh, you know, and everybody, I know, you know, some of you are going to write in or in the description, you're panicking because you want the Conservative Party, anything to get Trudeau. And I, I honor that. I'm not going to judge the uh, decision you make. I just have given you every bit that you need to help to explain to you at some point when countries have been successful in turning this around, they needed to get a few of the people from the new party in. Will that be in your writing? Will you, are you going to get a t 
team together and work really hard to promote a candidate for the party that you're interested in. I'm going to leave that with you, but I just wanted to give you all the information that you needed to have some balance. So I just, uh, I really thank you for your time. And again, I'm going to ask you to give us a thumbs up and to share our information and video. And so I'm just going to also report on next week's guest is going to be Majed El Shefi. You will not want to miss this show. Uh, Majed, I just love having him on. Majed is somebody uh, that I work very closely with. Uh, there's, It's very important work. It's an amazing partnership. And we're going to be talking about protecting Canada's national security. So be sure to share the invitation and invite others. And then I always end with a Bible verse, and that is going to be... All right, Exodus 18, 17 to 21. I talked earlier in the show about how it is not the Bible that tells us to separate church and state. Absolutely not. It's a tyrannical government that wants to convince you of that. We need the church involved. In fact, when um, when the Israelites had exited... um, and, and from slavery into freedom, and they came into, it was it near the promised land, the promised land, and Moses, uh, it says, Moses' father-in-law replied to him, because Moses was trying to handle all of the decisions, and it was too much for him, and he, what did, what did he say? His father-in-law said, what are you, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who have come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their uh, disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. So do you see even biblically, thank you Trenzio, we have a duty to elect good, strong, godly people. And for those of you who don't know, a couple years ago, Maxime accepted the Lord, all right? He's a man of faith and God is doing a work in him and we got to continue to uplift him and pray for him. As you all know, it's it's always a work in progress, but he's doing amazing things. And so Action for Canada is not telling you who to vote for, we're just bringing you information and uh, letting you decide. Remember, what is it? Ted Cruz always talks about informed consent. (laughs) What are you consenting to when you go to the polls?